0: So unpredictable here on the SNL yes network. Yes, that is right. So, welcome everybody to the Saturday Night Network here for another hot take show live right after the Michael B. Jordan and Lil Baby episode of Saturday Night Live. My name is John B. Schneider from the SNN. So excited to be with all of you after this episode, which I thought was really fun. Very different episode than we had last week, which was very cameo heavy. This was very cast focused, which is okay too. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get into all of the sketches here with all of you. And I want to see your thoughts and comments in the chat as well. This is an interactive show, so we want to bring them up on screen as we go through them with our panelists here tonight and let me introduce them. First up it is Anthony Conway. Anthony how you doing?
1: John I'm feeling good man. I haven't done one of these in a while so I'm excited to get right into it. Yeah very pumped to get to talk to you. Anthony
0: as always always love hearing your thoughts on things so uh, looking forward to getting into all the sketches and then of course got to bring in my man Sammy K. Sammy how are you?
2: John I'm doing really well. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is somebody who I've been a fan of for like maybe 10 years at this point. So I was, you know, very happy to see him, you know, come on the show. I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Me too. Very excited. Obviously, Michael B. Jordan was, as he mentioned in the monologue, uh, back in the soap days. He was in uh, soaps, he was in movies, TV shows. Uh, he's been around for a long, long time. People have been wanting him to host for a long time. And now he is finally here. So I am very pumped to get to talk about him and the cast tonight. Like I said, huge focus on the cast. So uh, I want to get the hot takes from Anthony and Sammy, and then I'll give you mine. And of course, we will get into the episode. So, Anthony, starting with you.
1: What's your hot take for the night? Uh, My hot take for the night uh, is that uh, the cast, as it currently is, uh, very strong to the point where I felt like our host, for it being his first time, was kind of like, you know, getting the sea legs. Um, They really, really held him up and did a lot of really good work there. A lot of people got some shine. Uh, The kids are all right. I think this uh, cast is going to be good, um, you know, considering all the movement that we've seen in the past couple months.
0: Yeah, Samu, how did you feel about tonight? What is your hot take or headline from the night?
2: Yeah, so for me, my headline would have to be you know after kind of like a string of like very solid episodes, probably you know since the Kiki Palmer episode, you can argue since the Dave Chappelle episode, this feels like um, to me the most kind of what we were expecting from like an SNL transitional year for me um, with with a lot of like highlights from from cast members showing off kind of new. Archetypes for kind of sketches that we can do on the show now. But um, yeah, definitely an interesting episode overall.
0: I I agree. I mean, I think we're on a hot streak. I really do. I think it's been five very strong episodes in a row two to start off the new year. And this episode, as I mentioned up top could not have been any more different than the episode we got last week. Last week was fun because it really felt like the party that we were all invited to, to kick off the new year with all of our friends coming back together, bringing some of their friends onto the show. And it was, you know, Things were happening everywhere that you didn't expect. And tonight was traditional Saturday Night Live, except it was with, you know, our 16 players, I guess minus Molly, who did not appear tonight. But, you know, 15 cast members, you know, running the night. And the best part of it all was we got to see faces that we really haven't seen a lot of over the last few weeks. Believe it or not, Heidi Gardner has not been very much a part of the last few episodes compared to the beginning of the season she had a really strong start sort of tapered off and tonight she had a huge role on the show amazing night for heidi andrew Dismukes was not a part of the show For so long. That's been my one thing. I've been saying I love Andrew. I want to see more of him. Like this was a career night for Andrew Desmukes, who was all over the show. So happy we got that pre-tape in at the end of the night. We're going to talk about it. But for me, last week showed that SNL could, you know, survive in this new era and has a lot of things to look forward to. And tonight they were able to show off things that they didn't even get to show off last week. So I'm even more high on what we're going to get in 2023. And I'm excited to talk about all the sketches tonight. So let's get into them. Right now with our cold open, and we're going to start off with the Attorney General Merrick Garland Classified Documents Cold Open, where Higgins introduces Merrick Garland, who's coming in to deal with classified documents. And of course, you know, except for all of the George Santos stuff, the major political story throughout January was, oh, wow, we thought it was just Trump with classified documents. No, it is also Pence and also Biden, And there was so many politicians that are questioning who has classified documents? Why did they have them? And they finally get into it here where we get to see uh, Mikey come in, talk about them. Uh, we get three different agents coming in. Agent Nance, who was uh, Keenan, Agent Combs, who was Ego, uh, Agent Derek Hay, who was Bowen, uh, talking about going into Pence's home, uh, Kamala Harris's home, Obama's home. And then, of course, uh, Keenan Thompson comes on, uh, talks a little bit about the tragedy in Memphis, the death of uh, Tyree Nichols, uh, which was really great that that uh, was mentioned on the show show and then we get our live from new york with keenan and mikey so anthony what were your thoughts on the cold open tonight
1: um uh some of the notes that i had down uh i thought mikey day was fun solid not necessarily the best impression of merrick garland but you know it's mikey day so we roll with it but the note that um i started like i started with was that keenan does the thing where he makes the sketch work um just being very solid and then right after, Ego kind of like, I noticed, I'm like, oh, she's doing the exact same thing, which maybe I hadn't really been hit to before, is like, she just really makes the sketch, like, you know, super solid. And then right behind that, Bowen doing the exact same thing. Um, Just three really, really good moments from the cast members, kind of setting off the tone for the night. Um, And I, of course, love the uh, the Memphis bumper at the very end, but I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, So yeah, solid way to start off the, uh, the evening. Uh, top of it kind of had me thinking, maybe this is gonna be a digital short for half a second. Because of the setup um but yeah overall i enjoyed it
0: yeah and you know it was it was interesting to me that you know obviously very important that they mentioned everything that's happening over in memphis uh but it was interesting to me what to see mikey and keenan from a production perspective being the ones to talk about something serious because that's a role that we've often seen go to the veteran cast members over the last several years and it's like you watch this you're like whoa uh Mikey and Keaton. No, we know of this book Keenan, but it's like now Mikey's like the veteran cast member. It's just so weird to think about. So uh interesting to have that there, just uh thinking about that from my SNL fan brain. But uh Sammy, what about you? How do you enjoy tonight's cold open?
2: Yeah, this cold open, well, just to start off, um, kind of like Anthony mentioned, the kind of pre-taped bit that started off. Um, I, I like that touch. Like I was kind of like immediately when the episode started, I'm like, oh wow, where is this going? This is something we don't see that often kind of reminiscent of how we've talked about how SNL doesn't really have, like, theme songs anymore, and that gave me, like, kind of that vibe. It's, like, it's really setting the table for what we're about to see. Um, Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know if I've even, like, heard, like, Merrick Garland speak. Like, I've obviously, like, seen, like, pictures of him and and stuff like that, so I can't uh, tell whether or not this is, like, a technically great impression, but, um, you know, I I thought it was, like, a funny, weird character to see Mikey do. Um, this might be like a hot take, but I got like slight Dana Carvey vibes from Mikey Day. Like how as just like of, I'm not saying like, like it's a good impression like Dana Carvey could do, but kind of just like the weird nasally thing, um, that Dana Carvey would do like somewhat of reminiscent of like his Ross Perot or something like that. That was just like, just like a vibe that I got. It wasn't like saying like it was a comparable impression or anything like that. But that was where, that thought, was extremely
0: high praise you just gave. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, not 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 saying um, from a technical level or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked how kind of like in and out we were with this cold open. You know, sometimes you see a, a press conference, um, you know, cold open, and you're like, all right, this is going to be just like something that goes on for like eight or nine minutes? But um, you know, I thought the the ego appearance was great, like talking about um, Kamala Harris, just kind of going in and out about her, like not having any classified documents. And then I think Bowen was like the, the real standout for me. He had so many great lines in this sketch, um, you know, t- especially like the the highlight from Bowen's was everything with Lynn manuel Miranda, who's obviously actually hosted the show in the past. And Cecily Strong has done an impression of him uh, in the past. And um, saying that he got like the 175 letters was just like a really, um, you know, funny little nugget there. So, yeah, I mean, I I like how focused this was for a cold open and it had some memorable bits from Eggo and Bowen that, you know, when I look back at the season, probably one of the more um, effective cold opens for me.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And the chat does agree with you for the Dana vibes. I mean, I just I I guess I I guess I could see where you were going.
2: The chat's got my back. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, but I, I totally agree. That was my note as well. I think Bowen Yang as uh, agent Derek Kaye was the star of this particular piece with the rule of threes and Bowen coming out last just really like blew it uh, over the top for me where he was imitating uh I guess, Obama imitating Lin-Manuel Miranda, if I understood that correctly. But it was just, that was so, so funny. And Bowen has such a presence on screen. Uh, I thought he was just so good because he was, uh, he wasn't, like, I, I don't know that Bowen impressions have always worked for me, but Bowen as like an element of himself in sketches, like I find Bowen is such a star unto himself. So he gets to be out there and, and show off a little bit. And I think that really worked for me with this one. Uh, I would say Mikey as Merrick Garland didn't fully click for me. I think like, I, look, like, I love Mikey Day, but I just didn't see it completely as like being like, oh, okay, this is the type of impression that can completely anchor a sketch. So I think this was like slightly half-baked, but I, I think I get what they were going for. And it felt like last week when I did walk away from the show, I was thinking to myself like what they were gonna do for the cold open. I assumed it was going to be a classified document sketch because that's all that Fallon's been talking about. Seth's been talking about like all the late night hosts are talking about the classified document stuff. So they didn't address it last week. Makes sense. They're doing it this week. And uh, this was the angle they choose. uh, They chose to go with. So, um, all right let's get into michael b jordan coming out because michael b hosting michael b all right because michael b in therapy as we learned in our monologue and he talks about his time uh shooting all my children at 16 years old uh talks a little bit uh makes the joke that we were all thinking about uh googling sad michael jordan because yeah he gets a ton of michael jordan uh comparisons and uh but you know the, the monologue completely switches from learning a little bit about michael b jordan to a mini sketch in the monologue where we have uh Chloe coming on referencing uh, her relationship with writer Jake Nordwin, uh, Heidi coming in, uh, Ego in a wedding dress comes on, and then Punky as uh, the final button on the sketch who says, uh, you know, Punky's gay, but it's Michael B. Jordan, so Punky be curious, which was very, very fun. So I uh, just want to also point out this was Heidi's 400th sketch appearance on Saturday Night Live as well. So congrats to Heidi on that. Sammy, how did you feel about tonight's monologue?
2: Uh I thought the monologue was solid um you know very reminiscent to a lot of the other kind of personal monologues we've been getting this season the 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 runner of like the Michael B blank uh to me was really funny and then when they bring it back with punky I thought that was kind of like a good uh callback to that um and it was kind of like uh very refreshing similar to how we got the the um during the monologue we got like a tour of the set or tour of behind the scenes of SNL Um, You know, a trope that monologues have done in the past that we like haven't really seen in the last season or two that much. So seeing like cast members pop up to me, something that we maybe, you know, two or three years ago would have complained about them going through that well too much um, for me really worked, especially, um, you know, Punky being able to see her kind of get so much, um, you know, airtime there. And I also think it's important for the show to really put these cast members front and center in a monologue like this. Because, you know, with so many big, um, you know, long running cast members who have left in recent years, like I, you need the audience and for, you know, casual viewers to like know who Heidi Gardner is and, and Aggo and, and Punky. So I think that was like a really smart choice for the show to do. And, and I thought it was solid.
0: Anthony, how would you feel about tonight's monologue?
1: Um, you know, I love whenever they uh, whenever the uh, guest hosts. Take some of, like, you know, their personal life and some of the stuff from out of the tabloids and makes that a part of the monologue. So I appreciated hearing about his breakup and kind of, like, you know, throwing some jabs there. Uh, that was kind of fun. Um, so, yeah, solid overall. Um, my only other note that I wrote down, um, I just love Punky Be Curious. I thought that was damn clever. That was a really good moment. I, punky was so great in this i mean you, you'll never
0: hear me uh, criticize punky my only thing is mm-hmm. just i wish to put her on the show more but i she was so great at the mm-hmm. end of, of this particular uh, monologue but i would say that as as i was watching this i realized like this is basically the bachelor sketch that they did you know many years in a row where like every january i think they would do like a different variation of the bachelor bachelorette where different women would walk in and it would be like excuse me excuse me and like another person would come in and that was like that that was this. So uh, I <laughs> I didn't necessarily find the concept original or funny in terms of the fact that like I I got it. Like he's hot, so let's you know have all the female cast go and hit on him. But I do think that you know some some of these uh, cast members are so likable and that we haven't seen them enough that the premise works better because it's not the same people that we're used to for ten years, like coming out and doing the same thing. So I think that like this probably hits a little bit better. So like premise, like okay. But like execution, a little bit better than I would have expected, and and I think Michael B Jordan was pretty solid here uh, overall. Let's get into our first sketch of the night, which is Good Morning Today. So we were uh, we we were very sad not to get a Sarah Sherman featured piece last week. If you didn't know, there was a sketch called Butt Dial, which was a Sarah Sherman piece, and that was cut from last week's episode, so we didn't get that back on the show yet. But tonight. We finally had it with Good Morning Today, where Chloe and Keenan are hosting a morning talk show, and they introduce Sarah Sherman, who has been stuck on a roller coaster known as Doom Mountain. And we get, I, I cannot do it justice, you have to watch this visually, to see Sarah Sherman's mouth like absolutely wide open uh because she's been stuck on the roller coaster eventually we get a michael b jordan coming in as jason who was also stuck on the roller coaster and we get some really fun interactions between the two of them as they're a lady in the tramping it with spaghetti and it's gross and fun and exactly what you want to open up the night from sarah sherman so anthony how do you feel about good morning today
1: um, I really, really enjoyed this. The notes that I wrote down. Sarah drinking the wine was such a great visual. And I'm like, oh, and now the crustinies, this is great. Oh, blowing the soup. Like it just kept like just going one up, one up, one up. Um, yeah, the visuals of her doing that, her 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 facial expressions, how like she was just able to control her eyes, everything. It was it was really, really funny. Um m b j um I thought that he was solid here, you know um I think that Sarah definitely kind of like you know was pulling a little bit extra weight um in the sketch um but yeah, I think that her visuals and just everything like she threw into it just really that that to me made the uh, the entire sketch make it.
0: Yeah, and here's uh, we got some great tips from our friend Ellis, who was at Dress tonight, and he mentions in the chat that this was originally post-update in Dress. They moved it to the sketch that led off the night. So, Sammy, as our first sketch of the night, were you impressed? How do you feel about Good Morning Today?
2: Yeah, I was just impressed by, like, the show's decision to, like, really put Sarah front and center like that, especially I think the eye sketch from the Brendan Gleeson episode was, like, maybe a 10 to 1 or towards the end of the night. So, similar kind of gross-out sketch from Sarah being placed in that prime post monologue spot uh, is really interesting to me. And I I think especially after the Austin Butler episode, the show, even though Sarah didn't get, you know, much to do last week, you know, obviously it shows that, um, you know, SNL is starting to trust her, especially with a lot of this gross out humor. Uh, The visual alone is, is like really great. Like just props to like the hair and makeup team for that one to make it, you know, I I think there's like a part of her shirt. That's like kind of like flowing, like in the wind, like makes it look like she's like still on the roller coaster. Like, I really want to know like how they did that, if they had like a fan or something going. Um, I kind of agree with Anthony. Like this was kinda of, like the beginning for me of like noticing how they were using Michael B. Jordan throughout the night, which to me was, you know, I think towards the end of, of the episode he got a lot more to do. But, you know, this was something where, you know, I, I thought it was cool that he was game to like get all gross and you know, they didn't just make him like in the Keenan role or the Chloe role as like one of the hosts. You know, they really let him like have fun and be a part of the actual game of the sketch. Um, And then one other note I had was um, at first I was annoyed when Dismukes kind of pops up in the end for like one line because it's great to see Dismukes. But I feel like we've had in the last couple of episodes been like Dismukes isn't getting much to do. He's just popping up for a line or two in a sketch here and there. Like I want to see him actually get something to do. And, you know, towards the end of the night, you know, that totally changed. So it it was nice to see Dismukes pop up for a line, even though initially I was kind of like, you know, give my guy more to do. But we eventually saw that.
0: let me put on screen, if you're watching us on YouTube, what exactly Sammy is talking about there, where you could see just like everything is flowing. I mean, this is just a crazy uh, picture of Sarah Sherman. So go back and watch this sketch. I mean, the makeup department, uh, like 10 out of 10, fantastic job here and everything that they put together to make this sketch happen. Uh, They must be having so much fun with Sarah Sherman and the ideas that she comes up with. And yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned it like over the last few weeks, few months that I really feel like Sarah Sherman is giving me a lot of Will Ferrell vibes, Will Ferrell comparisons back to that. that era of the show where Will was the star and you would go and you would watch an episode waiting for that moment of like, what are we going to get from Will tonight that everybody's going to be talking about on Sunday and Monday. And, and And I do feel like that's happening with Sarah Sherman now where SNL knows that she is such a huge star they're putting her out like if you looked over the christmas holidays i didn't get to talk with us last week but like they put her on everything they put her on miley and dolly's new year special they put her out on all these talk shows i mean she's out front and center as one of the stars of saturday night live and they're giving her an opportunity here to be front and center with the first sketch of the night and i think she did a fantastic job and crushed this sketch so uh this is just another great piece for sarah and i love the creativity behind everything she does i think it's just so different and fantastic so um amazing sketch for me tonight i love loved it. Let's talk about the Southwest pre-tape. So very interesting pre-tape we have here tonight where there's a lot of talk all week about will we get pre-tapes? Will there be a strike? So not yet no strike yet from the film unit, but that's something to keep an eye on as we go through the season as they are looking for a new uh, contract. And we did talk about that a lot on the Patreon Feedback Show on Thursday. But here we get a Southwest pre-tape that was actually cut from last week's episode. That was a cut-for-time sketch from the Aubrey Plaza episode. And you may be asking yourself, how is that possible? How did Michael B. Jordan end up Well, they refilmed some parts with MBJ for this particular tape where it is a, uh, like I said, Southwest Airlines who are now updating their systems to 2008 Dell computers. Um, <laughs> if you're upset with us, we're upset with you because you deserve this for flying Southwest. And uh, this is very fun where we get Devin and Heidi, Marcelo, Michael Longfellow, Punky, J.A.J. J., and Andrew talking about the different things that happen with Southwest West and uh, how they're now sorting bags by color. They're modernizing air traffic controller. We get this button at the end where JJ only has one eye. So craziness always with Southwest. So Sammy, how do you feel about our Southwest pre-tape?
2: Yeah, I I honestly don't really have a lot of thoughts on this one. This was probably for me one of the more forgettable pieces of the night. I thought there were some like good jokes in there um with um especially the, the ThinkPad with the red nipple that they kind of come back to again um, later on in the sketch, which. Um, I thought that was like a funny observation because whenever I see those laptops, I'm like, what, what year is this? Um, And also interesting, like, I don't know, maybe the fact that like the Michael B. Jordan scenes were kind of reshot and kind of Frankensteined in to this pre-tape as to why, you know, maybe I didn't love it because it, it, I definitely did get that kind of vibe, at least from like the Michael B. Jordan sections of like, he's, again, not really getting much to do um in this particular piece but um you know i I like the utilization of the cast especially at the end seeing jj as the pilot with the one eye but um probably of the three pre-tapes tonight my my least favorite but you know
0: I wonder if this goes up top as the first pre-tape of the night because it's less niche, like it's less specifically pertaining to Saturday Night Live and more something that is shareable for people who are watching uh, and maybe like going to turn it off before the end of the episode. And they're like, oh, Southwest, like everybody sort of knows what's happening with Southwest. So, Anthony, what do you think of this pre-tape?
1: Actually, very interesting that you mentioned that this was a holdover from last week. Um, When it first started, I just felt like it was a little bit dated. Um, You know, I was like, this has kind of already been in the news. So it didn't feel like the freshest thing to, you know, have at the very top of the episode. Um, A lot of the jokes within it were clever. I liked the Dell moment, like, you know, talking about the type of computers they're going to be upgrading to, all of that. Um, So yeah, like, it was solid overall, but definitely did kind of feel like uh, this should have happened last week or, like, not happened at all. Ultimately, uh, my feeling was just like, it just wasn't uh, the most necessary sketch. Yeah. The most memorable.
2: Quickly to add on to what you're saying. It, it, you know, obviously um, I understand them wanting to like put it out there because it's like kind of a big thing in the news, but it almost feels like they missed the moment and it's almost not to me. It didn't turn out funny enough to, you know, justify, you know, putting it out a week after kind of it's been in the headlines. And I, and I do wonder if Aubrey Plaza was in the Michael B. Jordan role, if she would have done something different with like that specific element of the sketch, that would have maybe elevated it overall into more of a, you know, co- cohesive piece. For sure.
0: Just to clarify, I don't believe Aubrey Plaza was in this pre-tape last week, so I think that they. They did put Michael B. Jordan as an added Ah. component to this. But yeah, I mean, the the thing is, is I think from my understanding of, a and again, I'm Canadian, so I know that I don't always get all the like uh, different American uh, airline, not American airlines, but uh, different American airlines uh, jokes all the time. But from my understanding, probably the Southwest stuff is particularly relevant to the holidays when things got kind of crazy and they lost like a million pieces of luggage and all that stuff. But had they made this a little bit more generic, like a Spirit Airlines type of thing where the jokes could have remained the same, but it wasn't as timely, then perhaps this is something that carries on and they could sort of air it at any time. Because I see like Spirit Airlines jokes like just everywhere all the time. It's, you, Fallon does them all the time. Like, um, so I guess I, I do see what you're saying. I think this was probably, you know, as our last episode in January of 2023, probably the last time that they could air something like this. So uh, that is probably it for the Southwest Airlines jokes at this point let's take our next live sketch that we have and this is called Towel Guys and Towel Guys are Marcelo and Keenan who are at I'm going to guess this is a hotel or all-inclusive resort where they're making uh, different quips about the guests. We have Keenan doing his very classic David Ortiz voice uh, you know like uh, the Dominican voice. Uh, Marcelo's uh, doing, (laughs) doing a great one as well and we have different guests at the hotel who are asking why they are not getting their towels so we have Heidi. Um, Longfellow is there. Uh, Sarah walks on demanding a towel that she never received. Uh, Ego and Chloe, we get some jokes about old and new uh, Little Mermaid. Uh, J.A.J. gives a prayer to the Dominican gentleman. And then Michael B. Jordan plays the manager who tells Marcello and Keenan that they won't replace them with machines, but they really want to be because Marcello wants to go and fold the toilet paper and Keenan wants to be the concierge. So let's talk about towel guys here. And Anthony, I'm going to start with you on this one
1: what were your thoughts on towel guys I really like Marcelo in this uh, I thought that he paired really nicely with Keenan doing the David Ortiz um, great facial expression just great timing um, the, uh, the 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 jokes for um, the new versus the old version of the Little Mermaid happy dying um, didn't think that it was the best fit for MBJ kind of felt like they just had to like slip him in and it was like hey what kind of accent can you do dope this will work for what we got um, but overall, I felt like Marcelo really shined in this one, and it was dope to see him kind of, you know, cook a little bit with Tina.
0: Sammy, what do you think of tonight's uh, towel guy sketch?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with like what a lot of people in the chat are saying, and what I've seen online is it just just felt like such a kind of retro throwback type of sketch, like something you'd see in like the late '90s or early 2000s, and even the references they're making to like older pop culture were all from, like, the early 2000s between, like, Finding Nemo and The Sopranos and, like, Ellen DeGeneres. So, like, I wonder yeah. if that was, like, in- intentional. Um, but, no, I mean, I-, I was really glad to see more of Marcello like, anchor a sketch, especially, like, having Keenan, like, right beside him, like, you know, as, like, someone to bounce off of. Like, they, they worked really well together. Um, I mean, Keenan can work well with, like, anybody. So, you know, it- it's something that the show, like, can like, you know, whip out of their back pocket whenever they want to, you know, push a new cast member forward, just like have Keenan be in the sketch. Same thing with like, you know, um, the, the, the news sketch with Sarah Sherman earlier, like Keenan's the anchor in that literally the anchor Um, and uh, really like seeing the JJ, like religious character, like um, the whole bit about like, you know, they want a real tip, but he's just going to give them a prayer. Like i I'm, there's a couple of times in this episode where JJ is able to play like a character and definitely like this year um, you know, he's getting a lot more of those opportunities, which is nice. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll, I'd, I'd be interested to see if they like plan on like bringing this back. Cause obviously, you know, they didn't have the host be like kind of a central character. Like obviously like, and, and Michael B. Jordan is like one of the guys working at the hotel, but you can easily have other hosts come in and like do a similar role as that, and bring back Marcelo and Keenan, so we'll be interested if we see this again this season or next season of Keenan, you know uh, stays on the show,
0: yeah, I mean, if this was like ten or fifteen years ago, you'd see Marcelo and Keenan like every two episodes, so that is that is very very true, but uh, i I think for me this sketch uh gets over like on Marcelo alone like I think it was just like I said you know you're putting all of these people who we don't get to see very often in positions to succeed and Marcelo um, you know obviously like brings a lot of flavor to the show that we don't always get on the show and I think that's really cool for him to come in and I could imagine that he probably had a lot to do with this so this was really fun for me Um, do I think it was like an amazing sketch definitely not Uh, I think like the the premise itself was was okay and it's really not not about I think that the thing that's most interesting when breaking down towel guys is that it's less about like the story of what happens in the sketch and more about like can Marcelo and Keenan as the towel guys have very funny dialogue with every single person that comes towards them And I think some worked a lot better than others so if you were like you know hitting over 500 and like you know most more work than others, then I think this sketch gets over for you. So I think that's probably the way I evaluate something like this, but I would be actually very curious if this does uh, recur. If this happens again later on in the season, we get a second towel guy sketch, then I think it starts to, it's fun to go back and evaluate this first one a little bit more. But I would say my favorite part tonight, though, I did like the ego and Chloe stuff. I thought that was fun. And JJ, who I've seen a stand up, by the way, he talks a lot about his religious family, so it's fun whenever he talks about prayer. But my favorite part was Marcella talking about wanting to go and fold the toilet paper and Keenan wanted to be the concierge. I want to know more about the towel guys, what they really want to do, what their dreams are. That's what's fun for me when you start to build character development with some of these uh, characters that they build on the show. So that was great. But let's get to a sketch I'm dying to talk about. I cannot wait to talk about the State Farm free tape tonight, which I enjoyed so much. This is Heidi and Mikey as a married couple. They have some kids. And of course, Jake from State Farm is there for you. And he's there. And he sticks around uh, after Mikey goes off to work. He stays with Heidi for the day. Uh, Chloe does some voiceover work in this pre-tape as well. Uh, But you know, just see this story continue to develop as Jake takes the kids to church, plays sports with them. Uh, We see that he puts his uh, hand on Heidi's back and something's developing here. Eventually, Mikey becomes a drunk and uh, he took everything from me and it ends with this amazing <laughs> bumper uh, this amazing amazing button on the sketch where Andrew shows up as the Limu Emu uh, guy uh, which uh, and by the way I mean we do get like there's this weird like thing that's happening on SNL over the last couple of years where we had Chris Redd did Jake from Russia in the Defoe episode last season uh, Jonathan Majors did Jake from State Farm Alex Moffat did the Limu Emu guy so this has happened over the last couple of years a little bit but I think this was obviously the best version of what we were going to get where they really went into the depth of what happens if Jake from State Farm was actually a part of of your family. So Sammy, how do you feel about the State Farm pre-tape tonight?
2: Yeah, we we really gotta get the stats on how many times Mikey Day has played like a cuck on SNL during <laughs> his tenure. Like it's it's gotta be like in in the the dozen uh at least by now. Uh yeah, no th- this was uh in in a funny pre-tape. Um I, I couldn't really tell how the audience felt about this one because there are a lot of moments where I felt like a joke like just wasn't hitting with like the, the the studio audience and there was like a lot of dead air, but uh, you know, I thought there were like a lot of funny visuals. Like to me, like something I read down was um, Mikey, like making like a Turkey sandwich. And it's like the saddest looking sandwich, like cold cut sandwich. Like you've ever seen. Um, I, I like the, the part where he's like looking at switching into Geico and, and, and Michael B. Jordan is getting, you know, really intense with him. Um, this like far into the episode, I thought this was like, by far the best use of Michael B. Jordan. Like once we get to like this sketch um, you know, I, I thought he was great as the, the state park state farm guy. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is like familiar territory for Mikey. So I think in that regard, you know, I've seen this a couple of times from him would have been nice to maybe see, you know, a different cast member do this, but like Mikey's really good at this. So it's kind of like a balancing act from like a production standpoint.
0: You know, one of the interesting conversations we were having in the fall was, and I think it was, I'm going to credit Dave Buckman, one of our panelists on our roundtables, brought this up, where he said, what this cast is missing in season 48 really is an alpha male or, you know, like, a, a, you know, somebody who like comes in with the gravitas to be able to like pull off certain roles that some of the other male you know, cast members don't have. And it was an interesting way. We like debated with the right, th- what the right terminology for something like that is. Uh, and, you know, it, but You know, when you see a host who comes in who has the swagger of a Michael B. Jordan, to put him in this role is something that you realize doesn't exist right now on this current cast like nobody else could pull that off the way that he could so i think that this was perfect for the host and makes me think to myself like okay like the type of sketches you could do with somebody who can pull that off is uh there's a lot of like a runway there so i i love that they went for this with this particular host in in a time where they don't have somebody on the cast who could sort of fit into that mbj role anthony did you enjoy our state farm pre-tape tonight
1: I did. Um, it was my favorite sketch of the night. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned the fact that there's nobody on the cast that can take on a role that has that kind of gravitas. Because this was the first sketch that I saw in BJN where I was like, oh, this is what I really wanted to see you as. I want to see you as a Will Smith type. I want to see you as the really good looking guy who it's like, I hate you because you're so perfect. Because you say all the right things. Because you have the chisel physique. All of the stuff just plays perfectly. And all you have to do is just say the lines. Um, it's my favorite thing to watch. Uh, he was really, really great in it. Uh, Heidi Gardner, I think, was just crushing it all night. And again, this is just another one of those where every single line delivery is great. Her saying like, you know, I think that uh, it's a great idea that we go to church. Like, just like the dagger she's throwing and Mikey Day throughout this entire sketch. Uh, it just works really, really well. And uh, to your point too, the bumper at the end of it is so unexpected. The emu getting the quick close up. Um, this one worked on so many levels. Um, and yeah, I thought that it was just really, really great for uh, for Michael B. Jordan.
2: Quickly to add, I, I've been on uh, the podcast this season talking about how I don't like it when they do like those bumper ads at the end um, when it doesn't fit, like especially during the um, the Martin Short Scrooge sketch, um, you know, during around Christmas time. But you know, this one like actually makes sense. Like you know, obviously they're playing off of like another advertisement, and I think it only added the sketch. So when SNL like, finds a way to make that work, like, you know, go ahead and do it, but, you know, don't always do it.
0: Yeah, and I do want to point out uh, this great point you made, Anthony, which is there is, I forget which moment it is in the pre-tape because I, again, watched it live and I have to re-watch it, but there is a point where Heidi does give this look to Mikey Day of, like, I hate you. And she does it with like so much drama in her eyes. And it's so brilliant and goes back to like why we all and we're going to talk about this with the with the Angel character in a little bit. But like why we all fell in love with Heidi when she first came on in the first place is that she is such a brilliant, dramatic actress. And that doesn't always translate to SNL. But in this particular case, in the pre-tape, it, she was so perfect for this role, so well casted as, as like the, the, the wife who is a little conflicted and then ultimately gives in. And she could just play that, that so brilliantly. Like, I just think that uh, it goes to show you why Heidi's going to be extremely successful in movies for decades to come after the show. So I think uh, this is a great job by everybody in this uh, pre-tape. Cannot wait to watch it again and talk about it all week long. Next up, we got Street Fighter Six, which is a live sketch that was sort of reminded me. Uh, there was an Owen Wilson sketch at the beginning of season forty-seven called Cars Four, basically the same setup. But uh, this time, we're going to have uh, Bowen Yang and MBJ who are going to be recording various lines and sound effects for the new Street Fighter game. Uh, we also have Andrew Diz Dizmukes uh, in the back, and he basically there's this like little bit of a side plot where he's talking about how he slept with the wife of the previous actor that was in there and we get Mikey Day coming in eventually as Frank to uh, kick his ass and um, but really the the a plot of this particular sketch is the discussion about Bowen being effeminate with the lines that he's giving and you know is that the right thing to do for the street fighter and then um, you know there's this back and forth about uh, being more rough like animals and making animal sounds and then eventually uh, it you know It sort of goes back to, like, once Frank comes in, then they're fighting with Frank. Uh, I don't know about you, Anthony. This was probably my low point of the night. I didn't know that everything clicked for me on all cylinders
1: here. Uh, Similar. You know, the way that it started, uh, just like you mentioned, it took me back to the premiere Last season with uh, Owen Wilson, like, you know, re-recording the stuff for Cars. Fun thing about that one was that we didn't know where it was going. And, like, you know, then it becomes a thing of, like, oh, like, these lines are insane. They have him, like, you know, doing all, like, this crazy dubbing. Really, really funny stuff. With this one, you know what's coming because as soon as you see uh, Bowen in the booth with MBJ, it's like, oh, they're going to make, like, you know, the joke about the fact, like, you know, he can't do the voices as masculine or as tough as they want them to come off. And I think knowing that going in kind of takes me out a little bit because it's like I'm already playing into what the joke is going to be. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't my favorite sketch of the night, though. I will say Bowen does what he does very, very well and goes back to my first point at the top, two is that, you know, everybody really did hold their own and everybody cooked tonight. Um, so I did think that he was very strong, but it was not my favorite sketch, uh, both that story and also Andrew his kind of B-line
2: story as well.
0: Yeah. And Sammy, I mean, like, we've been fighting for Andrew to get airtime. We're going to talk about Andrew's roles tonight. But I mean, the fact that they put him in this role that they didn't have to put, I think is a great sign for their confidence in Andrew that they're, you know, he's going to get some more time now. So there were uh, moments of this sketch that I liked. I just don't know that it all completely came together the way I wanted it to. But how did you feel about it?
2: I feel like we're all on the same page with this one. Um, You know, I, I like being able to like have Bowen like do a showcase like this um like a live sketch and not just you know at update or, or something like that um for me like the, the the first half of it i was just like not vibing with it really much at all when bowen like switches and starts doing like the hetero voice and like keeps saying like brother or man or something like back with dismukes and dismukes is like reacting and getting mad about it i, I thought that was really funny and uh yeah i, I think that was like the, the the nugget in this sketch for me that really worked but overall, you know, don't really have much much to add on this one other than, you know, it's nice to see Dismukes kind of be in that role. And and it felt like a role that Mikey Day would have done, you know, a couple of seasons ago, like a, a Mikey kind of reacts and anchors a sketch. And which is kind of funny that they then have him be like the, 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 the boyfriend or whatever coming in at the end there. so.
0: Yeah, I will say, I did want to point out this comment from Grim77. I do agree. The what are your pronouns joke was really funny. I did get a good laugh at that. And then uh, when they did say, uh, like, play a more hetero, and then he starts talking about, like, oh, yeah, man, like, I was completely soft and, and my wife's on this app. Like, I did, like, Bowen did have some really good lines in here. So, like, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a bad sketch to me. It just, like, there was just, I, I, feel like it needed to be like touched up a little bit more and, and had like a cleaner uh, path through the sketch. Uh, that is where I'm at. And then let's head over to Lil Baby. So uh, our friend Ellis did tell me that the song order got swapped between Dress and Air. So in Dress, uh, they aired uh, song one, aired in song two's spot and vice versa. Uh, Anthony, are
1: you a little baby guy? I'm a huge Lil Baby fan, actually. Um, And I love when, you know, the host gets paired with a musical guest. that just makes a lot of sense. Not to say that we know for a fact that MBJ bounced Lil Baby, but I'd be shocked if he didn't. Um, And yeah, that was his first time performing too, correct? Yeah. And yeah, uh, I'm all for that. I'm all for hip-hop artists having their first opportunity to get on that. So that's a good look.
0: Yeah, I believe he was a guest on the show prior with DJ Khaled back in 2019, yeah. he appeared. But like that was like with the a million uh, people were there that night. Sammy, uh, are you a fan of Lil Baby?
2: Yeah, no, I, I really like Lil Baby. Um, he has a documentary on Amazon that I would recommend. He has like a really interesting story about how he kind of, you know, like rose to fame and, you know, really fast too. like between like, you know, when he kind of started rapping and, and, you know, when he kind of rose to prominence. Um, one more thing to add about little baby that comes at the end of the episode that I really liked during uh, the good nights was like Michael B. Jordan is like, kind of like, you know, ushers the little baby is like, Oh, you, do you have anything to say? And he's like, nah, nah. Like, and I thought that was like a really like, yeah, he's like, funny he's moment like speak up. You, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you, not like you, I don't think I've really ever seen like a host, like try to do that for a musical guest. So I thought that was like interesting and, and noteworthy.
0: Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Uh, I'm more of a little Baby 80 guy myself uh, as opposed to a little Baby, but uh, <laughs> uh, he was good tonight. Uh, Makes Jones. sense. Yeah, for sure. On Weekend Update, so uh, Joseph and Jay are back, and this time we're going to get two different uh, people coming on, or two different sets coming on as uh, correspondents. And first up, it is Keenan Thompson as Michael's doorman, Carl. So here, you know, it seems like this is a Keenan character we've seen before, but I believe this is unique to tonight where, uh, you know, he comes in talking about, uh, the different interactions that he's had with people who show up for Che, whether it's a woman or a dog or a kid who comes in and he's always deflecting and, and helping out his man, Michael Che. And, uh, you know, this was like, this is kind of fun. I mean, I think that it's been a while for me that I can remember the last time we saw Keenan Thompson actually on Weekend Updating one of these characters. So in a way it was like kind of familiar and refreshing. Um, you know, uh, Sammy, did you enjoy getting to see Keenan as Carl?
2: I did. I mean, Keenan like has done so many of these kind of update characters in the past, but um, you know, I think for me they they always work because he's he has the experience, like he's he's kind of perfected like being at the update desk. Um, and between this and also um, Javi Gardner's character, I like kind of the acknowledgments of like being on SNL, like He's, like, uh, he like ask, asking, like, why is Che here? Like, what's he doing? Like, oh, this is his job where he, like, you know, makes the big bucks and stuff like that. Um, I thought that was funny. Um, the only thing, like, I would have maybe, like, changed about this sketch was, you know, wh- why is, like, Che bringing on his doorman? I feel like it would almost be funnier if you kind of have, like, Che's doorman, Keenan, just kind of, like, stumble on to the update desk, like, kind of unannounced which I feel like you know is something they've kind of done in you know other areas of the show, maybe, and you know they they do it sometimes like here and there having someone pop up, but just for this specific character and kind of like you know the premise, like Trey didn't want him there, so like you know just having Trey introduce him, it, it's like a small change, but I feel like it would have been like I don't know something different for update that would have been nice, but you no, know, I you know other other than that, enjoyed seeing Keenan um, do this character.
0: Like uh, Fred Armisen as like David Patterson style, just like walking by the camera. Yeah, exactly. I could see it. I could see it. And yeah, I think there is like somewhere internally, like this inside joke between like the weekend update writers and Che's like Chae's correspondence that he brings out, which is like, we're going to have like Michael Che's neighbor or like Michael Che's ex-girlfriend. Or it's like, I'll always like it's somebody in Che's life that they find like some connection to in order to like make the character work in line with Michael's story. Anthony, did you enjoy what we saw from Keenan Thompson as Michael's doorman, Carl?
1: I did really enjoy it. Um, again, you know, it's Keenan doing the thing where he makes the sketch work. But like, you know, when you give him the driver's seat, he makes it work really, really well. Um, my only thing that I would have said different or done differently, maybe, um, I thought it could have been a little bit shorter. So maybe by the time, like, you know, that dog is looking for you, maybe we can cut it by that point. But I enjoyed it throughout. I thought that it was a really fun moment. And watching him and Che together is always a good time.
0: For sure. I kept thinking about Willie character uh keenan's willie character throughout this whole thing and how like it was like i think somebody in the chat mentioned like it was a weird version of willie so uh this was good but i mean big surprise that comes out next here's heidi gardner and i mean i guess it's not that big of a surprise considering who the host was but heidi gardner comes out brings back angel every boxer's girlfriend and this is you know the last time we saw this character was in december of 2018 it's been that long so this is the fourth time wow we've seen this i know isn't that crazy season that's, that's insane. Yeah, I know. Like throwback uh, to back to you know five, four or five seasons ago. Season forty-four, episode nine. Uh, this is the famous uh, taking kids to my sister's character, and, and like just going back to like where my head was when I saw this. I mean, when I first saw this character, this was like I think it first appeared in Heidi's fourth episode ever on Saturday Night Live, and people were like like this was a major character for Heidi. Like people were talking about Heidi Gardner after this character came out and being like, this is the next great SNL star just based on this character alone and the ability to play drama and like, and and, like have emotion and stuff like this. And then, you know, I sort of thought it it was maybe done when it was that Matt Damon, uh, you know, hosted episodes last time that she did it because Matt Damon played Tommy, who we was referenced in the first couple times. And then, uh, you know, but we do find out here that Michael B. Jordan coming out and, As Creed his character from his movies uh, actually was the person who is the father of Angel's kid and uh, he beats up Tommy and Tommy's not doing so well right now so this is actually the first time since October of 2014 going all the way back to Sarah Silverman. And Bill Hader in back to back episodes, that we have back to back episodes where the host has appeared on Weekend Update between Aubrey Plaza and Michael B. Jordan. So that is a fun little sad for tonight. But uh, Sammy, I'll start with you on this one. What do you think about Angel?
2: I was so excited to see this character come back. Like, you know, like you said, John, like when we first started, like, you know, seeing like what kind of stuff Heidi could do on the show, um, something we identified really quickly was she's just like killer at the update desk. know, Bailey Gizmer is like another one of my favorite um, characters of her as well. So um, I'm actually shocked that it's been so long since we saw this, but it makes perfect sense with this host um, to bring it back. I I loved her line about, um, you know, oh, I thought this was an advertisement. You guys have been advertising Creed versus Little Baby live on Peacock all week. I thought that was like really funny. Um, And yeah, I mean, like, you know, for as much as I feel like they've they kind of under or, you know, didn't give Michael B. Jordan a ton to do, you know, at least in the first half of the episode for me. I thought it was like an interesting choice for the show to have him, you know, come on update because, you know, I feel like similar to having a host like in the cold open, you know, I feel like, you know, it kind of says something about, you know, what the show, you know, feels like the host can do or like, you know, what they were able to kind of, you know, know this throughout the week, you know, working with him. Um, so yeah, no, I I was really happy to see, um, this character back. Um, and, and now I, I totally forgot about the Matt Damon thing. So, you know, maybe Matt Damon will pop up in Creed four. Um, we'll see the story about how Tommy lost that eye. That'd be great.
0: Anthony, what did you think about Angel, every boxer's girlfriend?
1: Um, I loved seeing this character come back. Um, again, Heidi had a great night. I thought that this was kind of like the cherry on top of all of it. Um, I did not write down the line quick enough, but her looking into the audience and mistakenly thinking that she saw Jamie Foxx in the cocaine bear, that absolutely killed. Um, No, I really, really enjoyed it. And then obviously it just made sense, like, you know, given the quick Creed cameo, we all know why Michael B. Jordan's here and what he's promoting. Um, But it didn't feel too forced or too shoehorned, and it kind of felt like it just made sense. So I was very happy with that moment.
0: Yeah. For sure. I mean, when this first, like I said, this first character uh, came out with Heidi, I thought we'd be seeing this for years to come. And it's cool to just bring back. It was a very, uh, it was a throwback for her and a throwback night for Heidi Gardner tonight. Um, And, you know, also cut from Weekend Update tonight, unfortunately, was Marcelo Hernandez, who was the third correspondent on Update, did not make it to the live show. But in dress, Marcelo was there talking about a potential recession and talks about some of the jobs he had before SNL, including wearing a headset to make phone calls to 80-year-olds, a uh, water park and community pool supervisor telling kids when they can go swim or go down a slide, and a job in electricity. So that was Marcelo's piece that was cut from weekend update tonight. Let's head over to our after update sketches and start with male confidence seminar. So this is interesting. We have the state farm pre-tape. In a way, this is a similar concept, but You know a live sketch where Andrew is leading, and I love getting Andrew I actually did get Will Forte vibes here from Andrew Dismukes, as he's leading the seminar of pathetic men like Bowen and Devin who want to date women, and JJ who is known for critiquing female stand-ups on YouTube Marcelo, Um, Michael's there he has a big old forehead, but really it's it's MBJ who comes in with the water jugs and points out Andrew's forehead he has a Jimmy Neutron-like head and we get uh, a lot of uh, you know, talking from the back of the room from MBJ towards Andrew Dismukes, making fun of him and really breaking down uh, Andrew Dismukes here at the Male Confidence Seminar. Anthony, how would you feel about it?
1: Uh, looking at my notes again on this one, um, I really liked MBJ in this, uh, this sketch as well. But it goes back to what you said earlier, you know, him being that guy that can kind of walk in, have like, you know, like that, 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 I guess just confidence and like, you know, the stuff like we don't typically see out of a lot of the guys that are on the show. Um, Again, it felt like what I want to see him doing on here. I want him to feel like the Will Smith, the guy that's so cool for school, the guy that can say what he wants. Um, And I think that's kind of his bag and that's kind of his lane. Um, So yeah, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed JJ. Um, I think I actually had a lot of moments with him throughout the uh, episode that I didn't realize I enjoyed as much. Um, I thought that he really had had a lot of really great moments uh, all night. Um, but yeah, this is my second favorite thing that MBJ did. Not necessarily my favorite sketch, but my favorite thing that he did. Sammy, how'd you feel about it?
2: Uh, same like point Anthony just made. I think this was like my favorite use of Michael B. Jordan uh during the night. Um, you know, John, you mentioned have like this is kind of a similar concept in a way to um the the, the State Farm ad. And uh, to me, like this kind of blows it out of the water for me um maybe probably because Dismukes is the lead in this versus maybe Mikey maybe that's the reason um Dismukes is so good at playing these kind of characters the way they dress him up with the scarf and the rings and everything was really funny um you know and and, and lots of good roles for you know Devin like him saying how he like has a girlfriend um who's a barista but actually he just saw a girl at a coffee shop i thought that line was really funny um saying that Um, you know, he looks that Dismukes looks like Jimmy Neutron. If he did street magic, that's also like a a really good line. Um, and like the, the kind of prosthetics they put on, uh, Longfellow, um, was funny to me too. So yeah, I mean, this does represent kind of what we've been talking about. Like there isn't that kind of, you know, macho male presence on the show, but you know, you're able to kind of take advantage of that. Um, especially in sketches like this, where you have so many different cast members that can be the opposite of that and be someone who. Um, you know, needs to go to a male confidence seminar. Um, So uh, I thought this was very funny.
0: Yeah, this sketch only worked for me because Andrew Dismukes was leading that role, so it just I totally agree with what you said. And I'll just make like a very obscure reference that this sort of reminded me of just a little bit. Like I said, uh, very uh, Will Forte-esque vibes a little bit with Andrew tonight. But I also thought first of uh, Paul Britton, a very brief cast member on the show, did uh, Sex Ed Vincent uh, in a couple love of free that. Tapes.
2: love that yeah. love that character. <laughs>
0: So funny Uh, that that I was thinking of, too, for a little bit that I thought was a fun little connection there. The next sketch of the night is known as Party in Palm Springs or the Bachelorette Party, where Sarah Punky and Chloe are throwing a bachelorette party for Ego, And they bring in MBJ as Vince, the stripper, who has a pregnant wife who's played by Heidi and uh, basically he comes in. Everybody's loving having MBJ there. Of course, the stripper is awesome, but it's, you know, the wife. Comes in, wants to charge her phone, ends up being a part of it. The baby's a part of it. All three of them become strippers, and uh, this is this devolves into a very weird sketch where basically a pony, the Magic Mike song, is the uh, you know reference they keep going back to. Eventually, Heidi Gardner's characters uh, water breaks, and uh, they finish the sketch with a uh, push, 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 um, you know, to the to the tone of a pony. So, uh, Sammy, how would you feel about Bachelorette Party?
2: Uh, this is like one of those sketches that airs like towards the end of the show and it's like late at night and you're like, this is just this is just fun. Um, And in such like a male dominated episode, you know, it was great to have like kind of like a, a a big female presence in this sketch and having, you know, obviously we had, you know, all all these cast members like pop up in the monologue, but to have them kind of like have their own piece at the end of the night was really great um like at first when 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 michael b jordan comes in as a stripper like i'm like okay this is like an interesting premise kind of reminds me of that scarlett johansson movie um that that she did with kate mckinnon um i'm forgetting the name of it um but but then when heidi Gardner comes in i'm like oh this is like a, a totally different thing going on here um i love like how like ridiculous like the prosthetics are with her being pregnant you know having to charge her samsung galaxy is such like a specific funny line to me with like the extremely long Charger, um, and yeah, just like a lot of like really funny visual humor, similar to, somewhat similar to you know, obviously Sarah's you know got like crazy visual humor like earlier on in the episode in the roller coaster sketch, but um, her dancing with like the fire hose um, was really funny. I feel like that's going to be like a GIF that's going to be popular popular on like SNL Twitter and stuff yep. like that. Uh, we we call it GIF. It's like giraffe, um, but <laughs> it's a soft tree. But um, yeah, no, I and 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 the and and yeah, I mean, the and and the line that with the the three strippers for the price of one—that's like another like really funny line to me. So um, just yeah, for a night that was like really good for Heidi, like this was uh, like just another excellent performance from her.
1: Anthony, let's get your thoughts on the Bachelorette party. Uh, Heidi really made the sketch. She really. It took something that could have gone completely off the rails and been incredibly weird, just weird, but also very funny on top of it. Um similarly I thought the ego was also really great in the sketch. Um wasn't my favorite thing for MBJ. I felt like he kind of like was just there, like, you know, just doing what he needed to do and like, you know, like sitting all of his beats. Um but one thing I did know, uh did he at some point get muted? Did he cuss at some point or anything? Anybody else catch that where his audio dropped?
0: So Casey in the chat is pointing out that at some point MBJ dropped an F-bomb. So I didn't actually hear that uh, live on air, but maybe the chat can let us know as well if that did happen, because that that's, wouldn't be the first time on Saturday Night Live that something happened like that.
1: Yeah, that was the only notable thing that I had uh, caught from him for real for real. Um, I didn't think he was bad necessarily, just that like, you know, everybody else just kind of outshined. Um, but that was a moment where I was like, wait, did he, I think, that just hear something or like, you know, was that just on my end? But good Sam, Sammy, did you get that?
2: I saw people say that on Twitter, like afterwards, but I like totally missed that. Um, but um, really, really quickly, though, on the on the topic of MBJ, do you want to give give him his flowers for like the line delivery on uh, the, the hospitality in here is biblical? Like, like, I thought that was like, just like a ridiculous line. And, you know, in the sketch where like, you know, he was really just like, kind of like eye candy, like, you know, for the sketch, like that was like a really funny delivery of that line. For sure.
0: Uh, Let's talk about king brothers toyota so this is andrew does again leading a sketch with james austin johnson here and they are two toyota salesmen who are feuding with the raisin canes chicken finger uh company or restaurant that is now across the street as well as hugo gallegos played by Marcelo in a still and uh you know this is like your typical uh, used car salesman ad trying to get you to come into toyota you gotta make a hard laugh get right into the toyota dealership um um except they just keep like are just obsessed and i guess that's that's the joke here is that they're just so obsessed with the restaurant across the street as well as the politician and then we do get uh Michael B Jordan coming in as another salesman who will reveal a secret ingredient of cane sauce each hour until they get what they want. So uh i thought this was this is interesting this is a little funny. Um i <laughs> my favorite line of this was i now speak directly to the coward. Hugo echoes <laughs> Which I thought that was great. Uh, one quick fun note about this is that in dress rehearsal, that Keenan Thompson was also in this sketch appearing as a former NBA player and now ESPN commentator, Kendrick Perkins, just as a little bit, but they cut that to uh, tighten this one up for live for King Brothers Toyota. So Anthony, how do you feel about
1: King Brothers Toyota? This one was weird, but like, it was fun. It felt like a, a I like get an Adult swim, like late night, you kind of catch this out of context and like you know just like a fun little moment um yeah this one was super super strange but i really enjoyed jj um i didn't actually hate michael b jordan's moments like walking by ketchup pepper like i thought that was actually kind of like you know a good way to like you know evolve him minute, which again harkens back to the fact like you know him being like you know top bravado kind of just works in those moments um, so yeah, again, two really weird sketches back to back. Um, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And answer Bill's question in the chat. Marcelo does get credit for a sketch appearance appearing in this one. So Sammy, did you enjoy what you saw tonight from King brothers, Toyota? Uh,
2: I really liked the sketch and mainly John, I, I want to uh, see if you felt the same way. I got like really major, Will Forte energy from JJ in the sketch. I feel like we've talked a lot about um, Will Forte energy coming from The Smukes, but the the way that um J. A. J. was delivering some of his lines like really gave me um, Will Forte energy, which I like to see. Something I didn't necessarily see as like a parallel as far as like kind of elements of what a cast member could be on the show. Um, I, I also really like when sketches like have like the random photoshops of like the cast in there, like so seeing know Sarah Sherman pop up and um and Marcelo as well um I thought those were really funny and just I've I just thought the premise was so stupid but also like I don't know if relatable is the word but like for us I feel like when like a new chick chick-fil-a opens like in Michigan like the 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 cars are like backed up like in, into the into the um highway you know every so time American. that happens for for, for months very, very American very very Midwest. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know, I guess relatable is a word I could use as far as like, um, you know, a, a new fast food restaurant, like, you know, ruining, uh, <laughs> traffic for you. I don't know. But, uh, and, and like the running gag of, um, the <laughs> revealing the Raisin Cane's secret sauce recipe, one ingredient at a time. Um, I thought that was like kind of funny cause like, yeah, stuff like ketchup and pepper are going to be ingredients in that. So I thought it was dumb and, and funny. And the line, uh, something about like getting effed in the A by Hugo Gagos or whatever his last name was. I thought that was Gagos. That was was a funny line to me too. So yeah, as like a a 10 to 1, which I thought was going to be the last sketch of the night, like looking at the clock. But then we got that pre-tape. I thought this was like a solid way to go out for me.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree, Sammy. I, I do think JJ's, uh role here was really strong. And I could, I could see that when you're talking about the Forte stuff. I think for me, the most interesting thing with J.A.J., and we talked about this a little bit on the roundtable. I'm sure we're going to do that again on Monday nights. But, uh, you know, I think he has a monkey off his back. Like, I think he's so relieved now that he doesn't have to play Biden or, or Trump in every single episode the way that they were sort of shoehorning that in every single week because he's so brilliant at it. And, you know, I was obviously an incredible impressionist, and and we're not going to lose those impressions entirely. But like, you almost see like the freedom of him in a given episode without having to play Trump or Biden, that last week, he was able to completely anchor a sketch alone with a host, and I guess a cameo as well with Sharon Stone. And then tonight, he's here just having some fun with Andrew. And it's like, you know, you're talking about like a third year player with a second year player out there having fun being weird anchoring a sketch like this is the type of stuff we want to see. And, and I, I'm thrilled for JJ that he's sort of getting this opportunity to spread his wings a little bit in his second year on the show.
2: Yeah, you can tell he's like really trying like to not be pigeonholed into that Daryl Hammond type role in the show like that he has like a lot more to offer. And it's cool that we've been able to see that recently. For sure.
0: And, and he's so young and like new on the show, and he's going to have like many, many years there. So I think we still have to give him like the grace to sort of like figure out what his future is going to look like on SNL. But like the path that he's headed on now in 2023, I think is much stronger than what we are getting in a little bit of probably a sophomore slump at the start of this season. Final sketch of the night, which Sammy said we were surprised we got it. But it's uh, it's not through it on the ground. It's MBJ falling down as uh, Michael B Jordan is wa- you know see Sarah walking down the hallway. Bowen says hello, walking down. Like I said, with all of this swagger, this alpha guy coming down, and then all of a sudden he falls down, and Andrew Dismukes happens to see him. And by the way, I said through it on the ground because I got very digital short vibes from this one. This really felt like a like a Lonely Island sketch. But uh, Bowen and Sarah pull him aside, pull Andrew aside, and say, "You got to stop." Seeing MBJ falling out because he keeps getting so upset that Andrew Dismukes is watching him. Uh, they get into a whole thing, and then Andrew says, "I'm going to leave the show because you know you're such a dick." <laughs> and then uh, you know the show's about to start. I can't wait to rewatch this. By the way, like this is this is what our community is like for. Like pause every single still of this pre-tape and look at all like the behind the scenes of what's on the walls and like them getting ready for the show. Uh, so much fun, so many Easter eggs for us to find. And then the show's about to start, but MBJ can't start the show. Until he goes and falls one last time and brings his best friend Andrew Dismukes back to the show. So, uh, such a fun way to end the night, Sammy. Uh, on Andrew Dismukes' big night, how did you feel about falling down?
2: Yeah, this was like by far my favorite pre-tape of the night, and maybe one of my favorite pre-tapes of the season. N- n- not like maybe top five. I don't know, but um, no, really enjoyed. Um, Just how simple this premise was, and how and how stupid it was, like perfect for like something to end the night on. Just the fact that he just keeps tripping, and and Dismukes is always there. Like it's almost it almost has like a, a mystical element. The fact that like Dismukes is nowhere to be found, but he's always popping up. Um, Definitely got digital short vibes from this. Um, A lot of line de- deliveries from Dismukes. I got Tim Robinson energy from him, which was cool to see. Like when he's like kind of like, yelling and saying how like you know, you know, I, I'm here at work, you know, like that, I'm just here at work and you're falling down while I'm at work. Like that, that, that gave me um, some Tim Robinson vibes. And um, I enjoyed how at the end, this kind of turns into like a melodramatic thing where, you know, there's this like relationship between Dismukes and, and Michael B. Jordan that they had forged over this week um, that, you know, was ruined because um, Michael B. Jordan just kept falling down. So yeah, I, I thought this was great.
0: Anthony, how'd you feel about it?
2: Three weird
1: sketches back to back to back. Um, I enjoy Andrew's, Andrew Dismukes a lot. So I did really enjoy watching him in this one. Um, I loved the line uh, sometimes you fall and sometimes I there. Um, it was just absurd. Uh, but I did really, really enjoy this. I didn't expect this to be the way the episode was going to end. Um, but yeah, it made me laugh. And I thought it was a solid, again, performance from Michael B. Jordan playing himself. I'm like, you know, kind of playing up the tough guy like when, like, you know, he can't kind of get his, his swagger to work and get things like, you know, be as cool as he wants it to be. Um, this is a solid sketch. Not my favorite uh, pre-tape of the night, though, but a solid uh, pre-tape there regardless. I'm so happy they found a way to get this in, though, at the end of
0: the night. Like, this is something that had to air live. That If they put this up online, I would just be like, no, this needs to be canon. It was so good. And, uh, yeah, it's just this was a fun, goofy way to end the night. I love weird, so this was great for me. So, uh, very solid night overall. I want to get your ratings for this episode, and I want to get the chat's rating as, ratings as well. But before we get those, let me tell you about what was cut from tonight's episode. So, we have three sketches that were cut from tonight's episode, and I'll give our information courtesy of our friend, Ellis who was at dress rehearsal tonight I also want to say Sam J was a guest writer on this episode former SNL writer and good friends of a lot of people who are still at the show so Sam uh, was there uh one sketch was called Muscle Green Muscle Green was a sketch where we had several green screens across the studio with Marcello, Keenan, MBJ, Andrew and Bowen a bunch of guys talking about their weight loss uh and MBJ looks nothing like his before photo Andrew and Bowen end up arguing with MBJ so this is a sketch all about weight loss uh, we have a sketch called Adam and Eve. This was a sketch that was mainly with MBJ, who was Adam, and Ego, who was Eve, and a very sexual sketch uh, about Ego and uh, talking about, uh, <laughs> I think, if I understand this correctly, um, they wanted to fold him like a beach chair so he can go down on himself. Um, so that, that was a very sexual sketch here with MBJ and Ego Adam and Eve. And then Bowen also appears as the snake for Adam and Eve. And then one more sketch we got, which was a church sketch. This was Devin and MBJ who want to pass around a collection cup for a new pizza oven. Keenan, Ego and Punky want them to stop singing, but eventually Keenan gives in and wants a pizza oven for the church as well. So three cut sketches for the night church, Adam and Eve and muscle green. All right, let's get our ratings for the night that we saw on TV. So, Anthony, I will start with you. What's your rating for tonight's episode
1: out of 10? My rating for tonight is a 7 out of 10. Um, I think that it's a very solid episode. Um, I thought that the cast really showed up and had like a, little, a lot of really great moments throughout. Um, and for this being MBJ's first time hosting, I actually thought that he was great, too. Um, the only thing that I think was lacking was uh, for all the moments when we got to see MBJ do the things that make him the most comfortable, which is being cool, being relaxed, being the alpha guy in the room. Um, I would have loved to have seen uh, something that was more like a 180 that felt like, you know, just as a kin. And some of those sketches like we saw of him, like, you know, being the guy straight off the roller coaster, being the stripper that's like, you know, there with like the baby mama that's also there like, you know, causing mayhem. Um, I think if those have like, you know, been a little bit more on the nose and felt a little bit stronger from them, this would have been one of my favorite episodes for the season. Sammy, what about you?
2: Yeah, for me this episode is like interesting to put a grade on because for me, the first half was like a big step down compared to the second half for me. So it, like initially, like as I was watching the episode, I'm like, this this might be a six out of ten, like pre update personally. But the second half like really came through for me with a lot of great appearances from the cast, especially some of my favorite cast members in the show, including Heidi and Dismukes. And they started to like really utilize MBJ um, in a better way for me in the second half. So I think that bumps it up to a seven for me as well.
0: Yeah, I think if I had to grade this one compared to last week, I think that I would say I, I probably enjoyed Aubrey's a little bit more than last week, but I still really thought this was a great episode of SNL. They're such different episodes; it felt like a different show, just in terms of, like I said, cameo heavy last week. Tonight was very cast focused, and uh, but you know it gave me confidence in this new cast, these new players that they can continue to produce on the show. For me, I would say not every sketch was perfect. Some things were, uh, didn't work for me as well as others but there was a lot of solid material tonight I think I'm going to settle on a 7.5 out of 10 I think that's that's where I'm at I think this was a three quarters really good episode of Saturday Night Live exactly what we would want I mean obviously maybe we'd want a perfect episode but I think exactly what we want from a host where you know nothing too crazy happened tonight that I'm going to say that this is like an all-time classic episode of the show but for me uh, I thought Michael B. Jordan was a great host. I thought he was game and excited to be there. And I'm really proud of Saturday Night Live for giving opportunities to some of the players that we didn't get otherwise. Punky had a couple of roles tonight. We got to see Heidi Gardner much more tonight. And then, of course, uh, the Andrew Dismukes night of all nights. So uh, you'll never hear me complain about that. So I'd say 7.5. Maybe I could be pushed towards an 8, but I'm going to have to see on second watch. And I'll let you know how I feel about the episode a little bit more when I do that second watch and discuss it with a ton of other panelists on Monday night for our roundtable where we will be back. Uh, Really excited to get to talk through this episode. We're going to take your poll results. We're going to talk MVPs. We're going to talk about what this episode will be remembered for the Michael B. Jordan episode of Saturday Night Live on Monday on the roundtable. Nicole and Mike will be back on Wednesday with the By the Numbers show to talk about the statistics of this episode. I will be back on Thursday for our patron feedback show to answer your questions. You can always send in your questions the day before. We have a form up on or in our Instagram stories. We'll answer your questions live on air on Thursday and preview next week's episode with host Pedro Pascal. Very excited to have him in the building next week. That's going to be a very fun one, I hope, where we will be back right after that show Saturday, February 4th for our hot take show live right here on YouTube to break down all of those sketches so really appreciate everybody joining us tonight staying up late with us in the chat to talk some snl always appreciate our panelists as well so anthony
1: let me start with you where can the listeners check out everything you got going on uh find me at air conway on instagram best way to see everything that i have going on in my life man awesome sammy where can the listeners check out what you have going on
2: you guys can find me at that sammy k on instagram twitter and TikTok. obviously you can always catch me here on the saturday night network Uh, as well as hosting our superfan takeovers, which are a lot of fun if you guys haven't seen those. And I'm still going to be plugging our Bobby Moynihan interview, SNL Stories from December. Uh, You know, one one of the highlights of my podcasting career, potentially my life. I don't know. Amazing interview. If you haven't checked that out, please do so. And I appreciate everybody uh, hanging out with us in the chat at 2.24 a.m.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And make sure to check out all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at the SNL Network. Our marketing team is putting up some great statistics every single uh, couple of days with some amazing charts that we're doing about Saturday Night Live. So if you love SNL statistics, you're going to really enjoy checking out our social media pages. You can subscribe to the podcast and please do on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't be afraid to leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. always appreciate that. And I would like to say that I hope everybody has a great week ahead. My name is John Schneider from the Saturday Night Network. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you next time.